0: Welcome to the Teaching Ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We're so glad you've joined us for this week's podcast. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a series entitled "Hope Rising." The best is yet to come. Here's Dr. Kelly with this week's podcast. What's up, New Hope? How you guys doing? Doing good. I want to welcome you, and uh, I don't know. I just I feel glad to say this to you, and I know I normally say this at the end during the send off. Um, but you need to know that when I say it at the end of most services, I mean it. And I, I'm sorry, I, but I just can't hold it and wait until the send off today. But, um, I love you, church. I love you and I love, I love being able to, uh, serve you. And, uh, it just means, a lot. I have said this before and I really believe it to be true. And you know I've, I've traveled and studied churches all over this world. This is one of the most beautiful movements of God I have ever encountered anywhere. And uh, I just want you to know that. And uh, now instead of giving me a hand, why don't you give one another a hand. For being the bride of Christ. We are standing on sacred ground today on the glorious edge of... Of uh, God's greatness yet again. And I just think it would be only appropriate that we pray together. Can we do that? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and pray to God. Father God, I want to thank you for your presence in this place today. God, you were here at all of our campuses before any of us arrived today. God, you are drawing near and you're dwelling even now in our campus buildings Father, in people's homes, in front of televisions and computer screens, your presence, Holy Spirit, is the closest thing to heaven we have ever experienced. And we thank you. God, thank you for promising us in your word that when we seek your face and lean not on our own understanding, Lord God, you have a way of keeping our path straight. Father, thank you that hope rising is far too profound and expansive for us to even imagine in this moment, let alone for me to capture with words and a prayer. So like the Apostle Paul, God, we we groan inwardly. Abba, Father. Lord God, your church today has gathered to bring closure to the most significant and eternally profound sermon series we have ever done in 12 years. God, kingdoms are clashing even now. Darkness is being pushed back as the light of Christ is being lifted high. The enemy would want nothing more than for us to cave under the weightiness of your greatness and call upon our lives. We declare to him, the enemy of all lies, timidity, insecurity, fear, skepticism, and darkness, that you are not welcome here. We bind you, Satan. In the name of Jesus, get thee behind us. We have decided to follow Jesus and there is no turning back. For we are children of the Most High God. The world is behind us, Father God. The cross is before us and there is no turning back. We will not back down, shrink back, shut up, declaring the praises and the goodness of King Jesus Have your way with us today, we pray, Lord God. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and fill with them. So that we have the mind of Christ. And I humbly ask you to take my lips and speak through them today. For if you do not speak today, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And amen. So I want to talk to you today about this one subject. I want to speak to all of the campuses and I want to talk to you about the subject of surrender. I want to talk to you about that one word Because here's what I've discovered in 26 years of following Christ. I've discovered that my greatest moments when God has kind of catapulted me into areas of spiritual development and maturity that I would never have experienced before without the concept of surrender. Surrender comes easy for some of us. Others of us, if you were honest with yourself, you would admit that surrender can be a rather difficult subject. But let me give you a defining statement, if you will, if you like this kind of stuff. It really will define where the entire message goes today. Take out your teaching notes. Grab that pen in front of you. Write this down. Here we go. Great moments in life, just like great movements of God, always involve surrender. And I love the sound of the paper rustling. And some of you have your heads down because you're grabbing your pen or you're writing. But I want to slow down enough for that to really settle into the deeper areas of our soul. And I think it might help if we read it out loud together on the count of three. Church, ready? One, two, three. Great moments in life, just like great movements of God, always involve... The year was 1997. 1997, September 8th to be exact, when my wife and I welcomed into this world the most beautiful, precious little bundle of joy by the name of Anna Grace. When I came to seminary at Duke, I knew there were two things I wanted to do right away. I mean, I came, drove the U-Haul by myself, baby. And I knew there were two things I was coming to Durham, North Carolina to do. And not necessarily in this order. One, to get a theological education. Two, to meet my wife. Oh, I was on the hunt. I'm not going to make any bones about it. And I met her the first day of classes at Duke Divinity School in my freshman year. And two years later, we welcomed into this world this beautiful, precious bundle of joy. Oh, look at her. Looks just like her mama. (laughs) To which the church says, thanks be to God. (laughs) Come on now. Hey, man, I didn't need that out of you. (laughs) Check it out. Check it out. It's 1997, man. And we, we gave birth at Durham Regional Hospital. And when I say we, I mean she. All the women were waiting for me to say that. Hey, I think we men vicariously experience a little something, something. I mean, I was eating her tray of food up on the bed when she couldn't eat. And watching ESPN, helping her breathe. (laughs) Oh, yes, I was. We gave birth to that beautiful little bundle of joy. And when it was time to leave several days later... We wheeled her out in a wheelchair to the door area. And I had already gone to get the car. And I pulled the car up to the front of the hospital. And I watched my bride get wheeled out carrying that sweet little Anna Grace. And so I grabbed Anna Grace from my wife as as they helped her get up out of the chair. And I walked to the car. And I opened up the car. And I took that little bundle of joy and I placed her in that big old car seat, if you know what I mean. And I sat her in there and I started to buckle her in and her little head went, (laughs) right? right? And so I took some rags and some extra diapers and I I propped her head up. I did, I did. And I got her head secure and I stuck that little sweet thing in the back of that little car. And I jumped into the car. And Amy Lynn was sitting right beside me because we had helped her get into the car. And I jumped into the car and I cranked the car and something happened. I couldn't drive. Like I was I was 10 and 2. I'm not a 10 and 2 kind of driver. I'm one of these if you know what I mean, right? I'm 10 and 2 and I'm driving so slow. I'm not a slow driver. I'm the guy who gets behind you. If you're in the passing lane going 30 miles an hour, listen to me, church. No one should be in the passing lane going 30. Oh, I see, I've got some company. We call it the passing lane because you're supposed to pass. And I get on I 85 from Durham Regional, and I'm 10 and 2, and I'm white knuckling the steering wheel, and I'm so scared. I'm on I-85, where you're supposed to drive 85. I think that's why they call it that. I'm going 35 miles an hour. Oh, now don't go getting cray-cray. I'm not in the passing lane. But I'm going 35 miles an hour down I-85. People are honking the horn. One nice gentleman came by and told me I was number one in his book by sticking a finger up at me. (laughs) I remember it like it was yesterday. Thirty-five miles an hour. All the way home. Now what was happening in that moment? Here's what was happening in that moment I've concluded I was surrendering my precious little daughter to this big, scary, frightening, yes, good, dark, yes, pockets of light world. It was all about surrender. Two months ago, I handed that little bundle of joy a set of car keys on her birthday and I watched her drive out of my driveway and I lost it September 8th 2014 I hand her her keys to her not car truck oh yeah I got a girl who wants to drive a truck and I think that's freaking cool. I'm just saying. She's not a redneck, but she's southern by the grace of God. Amen. There is a difference, beloved. I give her her keys and she drives off. And I have two thoughts. One, I thought this, oh God, keep her safe. And I started praying. I'm telling you, 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 you will never pray as hard as you will when your child gets in a car It weighs 3,000 pounds. I don't know. It's a small little truck and drives off. I remember thinking, I'm going to pray like never before. But here was the second thought. Simultaneously, my mind went back to 17 years ago. And I remember driving down I-85. And here my baby girl, my one and only girl, is driving into this scary world. And I lost it. What's, what's going on in those two moments? Surrender. Surrender. Because here's the deal, church. If I'm over here, you know what? I've got control. I might be white knuckling and I might be going 35 miles an hour down I-85. But here's the deal. If I'm in the driver's seat, I still got a little control. I still got a little security. But what happened on September 8th is that I realized with my daughter, I'm not in the driver's seat anymore. I'm over here, and I'm the passenger. And something profound and something powerful happens when a believer moves from being in the driver's seat to being over here. Hey, you, maybe you've seen this bumper sticker and if you've got this on your car, I'm sorry, but you need to cut this out. It says this, God is my co-pilot. Have you seen this? It's one of the most popular bumper stickers out there. See, if God is my co-pilot, then I'm over here driving. But if God is God, come on, church. If God is God, God will never be your co-pilot. That bumper sticker is jacked up. And some of you need to take it off. You need to cut it out. If you got that on your car, you need to cut it out. Who's who's driving your life? Who who has control of your life? Life. Another way of asking it would be this, who is in the driver's seat of your life? Who is in the driver's seat of your life? Because great moments in life, just like great movements of God, always involve surrender. Another way of putting it would be this today, if you just follow along with me as we move toward the table of the Lord. Listen to me please, surrender is the vehicle, surrender is the vehicle that transports you and me straight to the blessings of God into the center of God's will. And again, I know surrender is hard for some of us, but leave that up there because I want us to read it out loud together. Surrender is hard for some of us. But there's a large group of people here who would say to you who are struggling with surrendering that it is the one thing that will catapult you into levels of spiritual maturity and the blessings of God like you've never known before. It's surrender. Out loud. Let's read this out loud together. Ready? One, two, three, go. Surrender is the vehicle that transports you and me straight to the blessings of God into the center of His will. Open up your Bibles, please, to Mark's Gospel. Mark's Gospel. Mark chapter 14. I'm going to be reading verses 32 through 38. Because here's what you need to know. Listen, when we surrender stuff to God, when we surrender relationships to God, when we surrender things like our daughters and our sons to God, when we surrender things like our finances to God, you need to know this. God always replaces those things with things that are of greater value. Did you hear that? Like I surrendered to to, to God and, 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 and surrendered to this daughter of mine when I put her in the car and I got on the highway. But have you ever thought about this? If I had not done that? I would not have seen her take her first steps. If I had not done that, I would have never been able to enjoy all those Saturday morning dates we used to go on. If I had not done that, I wouldn't have been able to take her to school for her first grade. If I hadn't surrendered to God, I wouldn't have been able to see her graduate from middle school and win championships and basketball and softball. If I hadn't done all that, I wouldn't have seen her just last Friday As a junior, get on the football field in a powder puff football game and throw for 220 yards and beat the seniors. My daughter rocks, I'm just saying. And any of you little hairy-legged punks around here, don't even think about it. Just kidding. Kind of. If I had not surrendered... Back then, I wouldn't see her graduate from high school next year and hopefully go to a college. If I hadn't surrendered back then, I wouldn't see her one day marry one of you hairy-legged punks who is a godly guy, (laughs) who becomes a godly husband, who helps her raise godly children. On the other side of surrender, there's always the blessings of God in the center of His will. And don't take my word for it, take scripture's word for it. Mark chapter 14, verse 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. What's going on here? Jesus' soul is sorrowful to the point of death. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and he prayed that if it is possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Do, Do you see it? It's surrender. Then he returned to the disciples. Found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Read this last part with me. Read this last part. Ready, go. The spirit is, but the flesh is. Again, go. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? On the other side of surrender, there's always celebration. On the other side of surrender, there's always victory. On the other side of godly surrender, there's always redemption. On the other side of godly surrender, there's always resurrection. God replaces the things that we surrender with things that are far valuable as we get into the center of God's will. Think about this from a theological perspective. The father had to surrender Jesus to send him on a life-saving mission to planet Earth 2,000 years ago. Have you ever thought about that? For God, the Father, so loved the world that he what? Gave. He surrendered him. Jesus Christ, as we just read about in the Garden of Gethsemane, he had to surrender. He said yes to the call. He came to planet Earth. But what we see in this very interesting narrative is that right before he goes to the cross, we see his humanity and his divinity clashing. The divinity says, yes, I want to go to the cross. The flesh of the humanity says, no. But not my will, Abba Father. Yours be done. Surrender. If it wasn't for that, he wouldn't have gone to the cross. If he didn't go to the cross, your sins would not be forgiven. If your sins had not been forgiven, he would have stayed dead in the tomb. But the Father raised him to life evermore. And because of that surrender, you and I are now born again, saved, children of God, eternity secure in a place called heaven where we will reign with God forever. Have you ever thought about this all as a result of? Surrender. Who's in the driver's seat of your life? Can I ask you that? Who is in the driver's seat of your life? Again, surrender is the vehicle that transports you and me straight to the blessings of God into the center of his will. Who's in the driver's seat of your life? It's go time, church. It's decision time. I don't need to preach long today. I've been preaching for seven weeks, giving you all I got. It's go time. There's nothing left to do for many of you but to take your hands off the steering wheel of your life and let God have control. And I want to declare to you today, unequivocally and unashamedly, that when you do, God will start to thrust you into levels of spiritual maturity and Christ-likeness that you didn't even think possible. C.S. Lewis the Great. Big C.S. Lewis fan. C.S. Lewis the Great said it like this. He said, there are basically two kinds of people. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God eventually says, all right then, have it your way. That's worth a chuckle, isn't it? Absolutely. Which person are you? Which person are you? God, thy will be done. I surrender to your purposes, to your plan. I surrender to what your spirit has been telling me to do. I surrender today. Or are you the type of person that one day God will just give up on you surrendering and basically say, okay, have it your way. It's why I had you earlier grab the pledge card so that you could sit with it a little bit. Are you going to do this 10 and 2 and kind of white knuckle that bad boy? Are you going to turn it over to God and say, God, here's my act of worship. Here's my surrender to you. John Wesley, I'm a big John Wesley fan. Most of you know that. The great 18th century revivalist reformer out of the Church of England. Probably one of my greatest heroes in the faith, second only to the Apostle Paul. John Wesley would say this, and we're going to put it on the big screen, and I'd love for all of you just to read this out loud with me. This was John Wesley's prayer of surrender. As we move toward the table, let's pray this out loud together. Maybe you've never prayed such a profound prayer of surrender before. Ready? Go. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. Have you ever surrendered to God? And I'm not talking about in a salvation kind of way. Though if you want to accept Christ today, boy, we would love for that to happen. But have you ever surrendered something as precious to you as your finances to the purposes of God? Again, I had this thought this week as I was thinking about this message and wrapping this series up. I'm just telling you, as I look back over 26 years of my Christian walk, it is in the moments of surrender, and there have been many for me. In the moments of surrender, high school retreats, mountaintop experiences, marriage, parenting, ministry, church, education. all In the moments of surrender... That's been my greatest moments when God has shaped me, transformed me, and catapulted me into the center of His will. And the moments when I white-knuckled and didn't surrender. Those have been some of my greatest regrets. We stand today on the edge of God's greatness. He's beckoning you. He's calling me to surrender. Again, some of you came. Your pledge card's filled up. Man, you're ready to roll. And I can see it in your eyes. There's all kind of eagerness and anticipation in this room. And I love that. Others of you, you haven't decided. Will you join the rest of us and surrender to the purposes of God in this church? New Hope, I don't know why God keeps unleashing so much favor on us. I'm just glad glad he is. Amen. Amen. I I don't know why he keeps being so kind to us. I don't know why he's tapped you and he's tapped me to build a movement across planet earth to redeem people and push back the darkness. I don't know why, but I'm so glad he has. Amen. This is about surrendering to that call. two and a half months ago I think last story then I'm going to actually lead you to the table and we're done today about two and a half months ago I took my oldest boy, Benjamin Anna Grace was my firstborn, my only girl, second came out Benjamin and it it was boys from there on out well Benjamin is 15 years old, he plays high school baseball, he's a big big baseball fan, he's a baseball student too, I took him to New York City Because we wanted to see Derek Jeter before he retired. And all the baseball fans in here, if you're not a baseball fan, I can just let you know. All the baseball fans in here, it doesn't matter what team you pull for, we all respect Derek Jeter. Unbelievable athlete, has gone the distance with integrity, hasn't done the whole doping thing. I mean, incredible, incredible baseball player that will go to the Hall of Fame and be remembered as one of the greatest of all times. So I take him to New York City because he wanted to see Derek Jeter. So we go to New York City, and in the evenings we watch the New York Yankees play the Boston Red Sox two nights in a row. But during the daytime, we would walk around the city. If you've ever been to New York City, you know that if you get to Fifth Avenue, when you get to Fifth Avenue, there's the Rockefeller Plaza. And right there at the Rockefeller Plaza, it's pretty easy to notice. This It's hard to miss it. In fact, there is this unbelievable statue of Atlas with muscles bulging out. A beautifully proportioned man who has all his muscles straining as he holds the world in his hands and on his shoulders. And this is the view where you see the Rockefeller Plaza. And most people see this. But here's what's interesting. And I noticed at this date. As you walk around Atlas. If you will have eyes of faith. And you're a keen observer. I looked through Atlas this time. And there I saw St. Patrick's Cathedral. Behind Atlas. And again if you've never toured New York. Go to 5th Avenue. And see this experience. But then walk across the street. And go to St. Patrick's Cathedral. Because here's what I noticed when we went into St. Patrick's Cathedral. I'm a preacher, so I I tend to go to places that I shouldn't go. I I walk up to the pulpit. Some of you would never go to the pulpit, but I have to stand in the pulpit of every church I ever go to. And back behind the pulpit in the altar area of this church, again with eyes of faith, there is this beautiful juxtaposition. It, It took my breath away. Because outside, there's Atlas, this beautifully proportioned man holding the world in his hands and on his shoulders. But in St. Patrick's Cathedral, right across the street, behind the altar, there is a little statue of the baby boy Jesus. Holding the world in the palm of his hand. I don't know about you, but it reminds me of that song. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. Take a look at that contrast. And some of you have come here today and you're living life and it's hard. And here's the reality. You're trying to hold it all in your hands. You can't do it. There's only one who can hold the world in the palm of his hands. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And what you need to do today is you need to surrender. You need to come before God and say, God, I've been trying to carry it all. I've been trying to do it all. I've been white knuckling this thing called hope rising. And today I'm going to surrender to you Lord Jesus. Because come on church. You just clap because you believe that God holds the entire world in his hands. Amen? Amen. If he holds the entire world in his hands. Don't you think he can hold you? If he holds the entire world, and the Bible says that, go read Colossians. It is so Christological with the power and the beauty of Jesus. He's existed from the foundation of the world. He's the head of the church. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He holds the world in his hands. And if he holds the world, come on. Don't you think he can hold you? Don't you think he can hold me? And don't you think he can hold us in the midst of our financial pledges of surrender? He's got this, church. He's got you. You and me, brother. You and me, sister. He's got the whole world. In his hands and it was those hands that spread wide on a hill called Calvary it was those hands that allowed spikes to be driven into his wrist and his feet and it's where he hung you talking about a picture of surrender Where his body was ripped and broken for you, where his blood was shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, bread and wine. Symbolic elements of surrender that represent his body and his blood. Who's in the driver's seat of your life? Today, I'm inviting you to surrender. I'm inviting you to do that by inviting you to the Lord's table. But before we even get there, I want you to take that pledge card, would you? Please, sir. Please, ma'am. The lights are going to come down. And we're going to give you some time to think about it. We've said throughout the entire campaign, we'll never tell you what to do. Just listen to God. Some of you have decided, praise God, you came with your pledge card filled out. Some of you, the Spirit of God might be changing your pledge right now. Others of you, we want to give you a moment to hear from God. He's probably already spoken to you, you've just been white knuckling. Take a moment and pray we're so good on our time we're in no hurry I'm going to give you a few moments I'm not going to drag it out maybe three minutes fill out your pledge card and then I will come back out and I will invite you to the table of the Lord and the commitment of hope rising Father I thank you for the spirit that is so palpable in this room right now I trust that it is the same way at the campuses Father As everybody gets ready to receive the body and the blood of Christ and respond to you God I pray I pray that you would have your way here today and as your body God we would have a collective communal sense of surrender today God as a result we would never ever be the same speak to us Today, speak to us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopenc.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. We hope you'll join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.